Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Jacoba Talk. You know, you already know who it is. It's your boy, Jacob Delagaza. Now, if you guys watched last week's episode, if you if you guys watched last week's episode, um, we discussed Super Bowl predictions and we talked about the NBA trade deadline, what we think, what could happen, what could not happen. We're clearly... All those takes I gave on last week's episode, most of them I was wrong. So we're going to get down to um, my initial reactions to some of the NBA trades that went down this past Thursday. And we're going to break down the Super Bowl game that took place um, this past Sunday. So uh, so with that being said, let's get right into the episode. We are going to start off with the Super Bowl. Um, first off, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams for getting the second Super Bowl win in franchise history. Matthew, kudos to Matthew Stafford after being in Detroit for 12 years, being on one of the most, one of the worst NFL franchises in NFL history, stuck there for 12 years, and then his first year in LA, he won the Super Bowl. So congratulations to Matthew Stafford, certified Hall of Famer. Um, Aaron Donald finally got his ring. Cementing his case for the Hall of Fame. Von Miller got his. And Cooper Cup was the Super Bowl MVP of that game. And also Odell finally got his ring. This He tore his ACL. Most likely he tore his ACL in that game. And he's supposed to be a free agent this year. So we're going to have to see where that comes down. But... Once again, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams on winning the Super Bowl and defeating the Cincinnati Bengals. The final score of that game was 23-20. to Also, I want to point out that Sean McVay is the young... He's 36 years old, and he's the youngest head coach in NFL history to win the Super Bowl. So, congratulations to Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. Now, first, I want to talk about the Bengals side of things. First off, I want to say this isn't going to be the last time we're not going to see Joe Bowl in the Super Bowl. We're going to see Joe Bowl in the Super Bowl again down the line. I don't know if it's going to be next year, but he's going to be in the Super Bowl pretty soon, sooner rather than later, in my opinion. I mean, he's going to, he, Joe Bowl is now along like the great quarterbacks in the AFC. In the conversation, you got Bowl. Burrow, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is coming up. He's coming on the rise. You got all these young guys that are fighting to be the top guy in the AFC. And it's going to be very fun to watch your future generation in the AFC go out and compete for an AFC championship and potentially get another Super Bowl. And potentially get a Super Bowl. So this is gonna this is not gonna be the last time we're gonna see Joe Bow in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. We're definitely gonna see him again here pretty soon, I believe. Whether that be next year or for the years to come. Let's break down what went wrong in this game game for the Bengals. A couple of things. Joe Ball, he looked good. Jamar Chase, I mean he was cooking Jalen Ramsey all game. The defense wasn't exceptionally bad. 
I thought Cincinnati played a good game. The only issue is, if you guys didn't watch the last play, Joe Burrow got, like, almost sacked and had to basically throw away the ball in hopes of someone catching it, and that didn't work out. Cincinnati need, we all know this, Cincinnati needs to get Joe Burrow a legit offensive line. We all criticized uh, Jamar Chase pick uh, about how he was picked over Panay Sewell, that how Joe Burrow needed to be protected more after he tore his ACL in the 2020 season, and that we all criticized how the Bengals should have got gotten Panay Sewell and Jamar Chase. We all said that Jamar Chase wasn't going to exceed expectations. He was dropping balls in preseason. Well, it turns out that we were wrong. And Jamar Chase has probably been, he won Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jamar Chase did, so good for him. Jamar Chase is going to go down as one of the top picks in the 2021 draft class along with Michael Parsons. So, Panay Sewell was a good offensive tackle, but I, it sounds like even though the Bengals needed an offensive line, needed an offensive lineman, it turns out they made the absolute right choice of getting Joe Burrow a weapon, and that duo is going to be scary for the next decade. However, now that you got the, uh, now that you got the um, wide receiver fixed with AJ Green's departure. They need to get offensive. They need to get an offensive line, or else the Bengals. Let, let's face it, the Bengals are not going anywhere. I mean, you saw what um what happened in the LA Rams game. He he get, he got destroyed. He had no offensive line. Now here are a couple of options that the Bengals could go with. They could go with in the. They can go in the draft. They could go in free agency. You know the top. Free agent, um, offensive lineman this year with Brandon Sheriff, um, the guard for the Washington Commanders. So, you know, they could definitely make a push for him. They, they've got to get Burrow an offensive line. I cannot state that much, and everyone knows that. If Joe Burrow, look, if Joe Burrow wants to have a great, uh, a good future in this league, and if he wants to be around, then the Bengals need to get him some help. Because the way he's looking, Joe Burrow ain't going to be playing that much longer if he doesn't have a steady off his line. Look at David Carr for the Houston Texans. So he was the first overall pick for the Houston Texans back in 2002. And David Carr was the first overall pick when the Texans were an expansion team. And he his career got shortened. He had apps. He... It was one of the worst offensive lines in the history of the NFL. His career got shortened. Jake Locker, Tennessee Titans, he got drafted in 2010. His career got shortened simply because he didn't have a good offensive line. Joe Burrow is really good. He can be even better if he just had an offensive line. He was already good with a horrible offensive line. But imagine how much time he had to get rid of the ball. The number one thing for the Bengals, what they need to do, 
Get Joe Burrow and offensive line. I don't think that the Bengals Super Bowl window is going to be closing anytime soon. I don't think so. Because you got a decent defense and you got a young offense who's really good if they can fix that O line. Eli Apple. Apple, it look, he has got to go. Do I need to explain myself? Did you see the last play drive of the game for the Rams? I mean, Cooper Cup was torturing that dude all night long. I mean, Eli Apple got bunt. He's been getting toasted this whole entire playoffs. So looking looking for the Bengals, the secondary. The secondary could be another issue that they need to work on. They need to fix. No, despite. I don't see the Bengals Super Bowl window closing. They're going to be they're going to be good for the for the next decade. However, it's going to be they beat Kansas City. Don't forget they beat Kansas City. They beat Patrick Mahomes. They did beat the tight. They did beat the Titans. Let's see if Tennessee could get you know a better quarterback. I just don't see Ryan Tannehill being. I I just don't see Ryan Tannehill being. The future for the Tennessee Titans. I just don't see that. But you got Derrick Henry coming back. Justin Herbert, he's on the rise. Chargers are going to be pretty dang good. Uh, and you go, Lamar Jackson. You just got all of you and Josh Allen. That is, the Bengals have proven in this playoffs, proven in this year's playoffs. I don't know fluke. Don't know fluke. And if you think that the no Super Bowl window is closed after their loss, just think again and just rewatch this playoffs. Because I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be really good for the years to come. All the, the issues that they need to fix is, I said it, said it getting a line for Joe Burrow so he doesn't die back there. And then you got to get rid of Eli Apple and fix that secondary. Other than that, you got a pretty solid team. Around, you know, Zach Taylor, he's a good coach. He's proven to be. He took the Bengals. Um, it took three years for him to turn around the Bengals organization. So kudos to him. Congratulations. I'm not I'm not gonna worry about the Bengals. Um, future, they're gonna be good for years to come. Now for the Los Angeles moving on to the Los Angeles Rams. Cooper Cup. Won the Super Bowl MVP. Now there was some people going around saying that he didn't deserve to be MVP, huh? Interesting. He had eight eight catches, ninety seven yards, and two touchdowns in that game. Probably one of the reasons why they didn't give it to Matthew Stafford is because he threw for two interceptions. Now don't get me wrong, Matthew Stafford has been very clutch this postseason. Very good quarterback. It, it will go down as one of the greatest play. I, I wouldn't say one of the greatest, but a, a really good playoff run for Matthew Stafford. You saw that Bucks game. So that he he led them in the comeback against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He destroyed Arizona in the wild card round, and he had a good outing against San Francisco. And he and he was part of the reason why the bang the Rams were able to get that final um, touchdown within the closing mom- moments of the game. However, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup did deserve MVP. The fact alone that he 
The reason why they didn't give it to Stafford is because it was probably because he threw for two interceptions. Cooper Cup is a legit super. He, Cooper Cup is a superstar. He deserved everything he got. He was he's most part of the reason why the Rams have been so successful this season. His games are incredible. The route running he was do, the route running he was doing in the in the Super Bowl was outstanding. If you didn't think Cooper Cup deserved to be MVP, then I don't know what. What's wrong with you? Because he had an outstanding performance. You could have said... The only logical argument I could have seen being Super Bowl MVP was Aaron Donald. Because he had like... He had two sacks, two tackle for losses, three quarterback hits, and four tackles. So, there, there was a... um. Argument that Aaron Donald could have won, but I think Cooper Cup deserved it more. Than, I think Cooper Cup deserved it more due to the fact that he was able to get his team in the lead to win the game. So, I think Cooper Cup deserved it. And again, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams on winning the Super Bowl. It's going to be a long NFL offseason. Um, really doesn't football season for me doesn't really kick in until I mean the off season's always great it's exciting new players on the move big trades happening but you guys know I'm a Cowboys fan and we tend don't we really don't stay busy in the free agency we always go out in the draft so but I'm looking forward to the off season but football season really doesn't start to me until the NFL draft and then after the drafts Football season is kind of like dead until August. So we got a long road ahead of us, 203 days, I believe, until the start of the 2022 regular season. Boys, we got this. It's going to be a long road to recovery, but, you know, we got to move on. Um, we, got, we got basketball. We still got basketball, and we still got basketball to talk about. And if you got – and baseball is coming back up, so – well, yeah. If you guys are baseball and hockey fans, you guys still got that. But the two main sports really that I pay attention to, well, actually multiple, is um, football, basketball. I pay attention to pro- professional wrestling. And I like to watch boxing and MMA every now and then. But it, so for right now, for me, I still got basketball. And... That's what we're going to move on to right now, actually. But again, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. And we'll see what happens down the line for the Rams. There were some reports that Aaron Donald might retire after this game. Who knows? We'll, we'll see about that. But we'll cover the offseason in future episodes on Jacoba Tuck. But we're going to move on to the NBA trade deadline. Two major trades. That I want to discuss. You guys, I think you guys know the two trades that I want to talk about. If you guys haven't seen the Jacobo um, Talk Instagram account already, if you haven't seen the post on Jacobo Talk already, I think you guys know what two trades I'm going to dig into. First off, you guys know I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan, so we obviously have to get right, right into it. 
Kristaps Porzingis getting traded to the Washington Wizards. Dallas Mavericks gave up Kristaps Porzingis and a second-round pick, I forgot the year, for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. And now with the addition of Spencer Dinwiddie to the Dallas Mavericks, Goran Dragic agreed to a buyout with the San Antonio Spurs after the Raptors agreed to trade him. So, a buyout, so Dragic coming into Mavs doesn't seem very likely right now due to the fact that we were able to obtain Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, let's get into the Porzingis trade. My initial reaction at first, I felt like at first we could have gotten a lot. The Dallas Mavericks could have gotten a lot more for Christoph Porzingis. There were talks going around that um that there was a deal in place that could potentially send them to the Toronto Raptors. No, Matt Sands got their hope hopes up, thinking, "Oh, are we gonna?" We, we're going to get Dragic in the deal. We're going to get OG on the Nobi. We're going to get Pascal Siakam. They're asking prices too high. If we, look, if I'm a Maz, okay, my initial reaction was, I was disappointed at first at what my initial reaction to the Chris Osprezingas trade. You know, after seeing the trade and hearing that rumblings that he, he could have gone to Toronto, I'm like, you know, we really could have gotten Pascal Siakam and go on Dragic for like Pozingis and Josh Green. That, that that's just my theory. And we really, I feel like we lost. I feel like we lost the trade with the Wizards because I I feel like Dinwiddie wasn't having the best season in Washington. He he was only averaging 12 points and like three assists. But that was because of the fact that Washington didn't re- really um use him right. And his teammates simply um didn't like him for some reason. I don't know why. I'm not going to get into that. And then we got Davis Batons. He's a really good three-point shooter. However, he hasn't seen mu- much action with the Washington Wizards. The what he Davis Batons commented on the trade to the Dallas Mavericks after he was traded from the Washington Wizards, he commented and saying like, "This one, this one, his words, but I'm gonna put it into perspective." It was basically, basically like he was in misery. He he would say there would be teammates fighting every day about minutes and all of that. How to coach, like coaching. He said there would be fights like every day, like verbal altercations. So overall, Davis Bertans, he also didn't get that much playing time. He hasn't seen that much action this year. He used to be a really he he can still be a really good three point shooter, but he hasn't seen that much action this year. Now let's get on to the Kristaps Porzingis. Kristaps Porzingis. Again, I said at, at first I was disappointed. However. I understand it. I understand it now. I'm a little bit more open, reasonable, because here's the thing. We signed, the Dallas Mavericks signed Kristaps Porzingis to the, to that max deal in the 2019, 2019 free agency. Yeah, 2019 free agency. And 
since then, he hasn't really been on the court that much. He's been dealing with injuries, COVID protocols, all of that. He hasn't seen that much action. And Chris Osporzingas is actually having a really good season. He could just never stay on the floor. I get why, now I get why the Mavs made this move. They they got rid of the Porzingis contract. They got they got rid of his salary. And come playoff time, who knows if Chris Porzingis is even going to be available? Because again, he's always not on the court and always injured. I also heard a report that apparently Rick Carlisle, you know, despite the reports going around earlier that if Rick Carlisle didn't leave the Mavs, Chris Porzingis would have been. Wouldn't have been a Dallas Maverick at the beginning of the season if Rick Carlisle was still a coach. Apparently, Rick Carlisle, which is kind of shocking to me, he valued, valued Christoph Porzingis more than Jason Kidd did this year. It was a report I heard. I'm like, well, Christoph Porzingis, I'm like, Christoph Porzingis has been playing his really good basketball since he left the New York Knicks. I feel like this was his best season at, at this was his best season with the Dallas Mavericks since being traded. However, he can, they made this move because you know paying the guy too much just to sit on the bench. And come playoff time again, you need full strength, and who knows if Paul Zingas is going to be at full strength come playoff time. And then looking back on it more and more, you get Spencer Dinwiddie. If, if we can get him from his Brooklyn days, you know, if Jason Kidd can use him in the right system, Washington using, I thought Washington wasn't using. Spencer Dinwiddie will come off the bench. Uh, the starting five for the Dallas Mavericks is now going to be Luka. Luka Doncic, running point, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi. And Dwight Powell is what I'm assuming. You're going to get Spencer Denry. If you can get Spencer Denry from his Brooklyn days, that's going to be turn out to be really good. And if we, if we can get David Bertans back to the three-point shoot, if we can get him back to his three-point shooting abilities, being able to... Being able to be the stretch forward that we all know that he is and can be. This could be really good for the Mavericks. And come playoff time, you're going to have a loaded bench. And who who knows? We might be able to make a, a pl- make it out of the first round this year. Because I was watching the game against the um, Los Angeles Clippers. I went to the game on Thursday. And uh, I watched the game Saturday. Luka dropped 51 and 45 back to back. And I just thought that his bench provided nothing for him. So you got Dinwiddie off the bench, Hardaway when he comes back, and got Davis Batons. I know, but this might be a move that could get us past the first round. Um, Mark Cuban did state the fact that we're going to be in luxury tax hell for next season. But the following offseason... You know, that could attract more free agents to the Dallas Mavericks will be in a better position. We were able to sign Dorian Finney-Smith to a contract extension. Um, 
that's why the Chris Saul's supposed to get money went, I guess. Um, we signed into a four year, $55 million extension, which it was a really good deal for Dorian Finney Smith. I'm happy he's on board. I was, I, I'm so disappointed that the Christos Pozingas and Luka Doncic era didn't work out in Dallas like we, we all hoped it would. But I know a lot of people hate on Christos Pozingas, but I'm not going to do that. Christos Pozingas, I doubt you are listening to this at the moment or you're ever going to listen to this. But if you are, I would like to say thank you for the contributions to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I really enjoyed Having you on the team, uh, I wish it could have worked out better with the Mavericks, but it's whatever. I wish you nothing but the sex in Washington. Noth- I wish you nothing but success in Washington, and I hope your career turns out in the right direction. So, again, good luck in Washington, Chris Lesposingas. And for us Dallas Mavericks fans, it might not be as bad as it seems, but... Right now, at least, there's no clear cut winner here. What? Again, we're just gonna have to see it down the line. And then we got five minutes left in the show. We're gonna run this down real quick. The Ben Simmons and James Harden trade. I'm just gonna break it down real quick. So, if you guys didn't know, if you guys have been living the rock under a rock the past couple of days, Ben Simmons has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Ben Simmons. Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and a couple of first-round picks are all headed to Brooklyn for James Harden and Paul Millsap. Overall, who won this trade? The Brooklyn Nets won this easily. Now, does this mean the Philadelphia 76 didn't get better? No. they got, Adding James Harden to the team is going to be a tremendous value to them. You know, Ben Simmons wasn't playing. So you get James Harden in the deal. Good, good for the Sixers. Now imagine the duo of Joel Embiid and James Harden. That's going to be insanely good for the Sixers side. So, um, for the net side side of things, you get Ben Simmons. Got work. Got work of that confidence. He, we all know him to be a really good perimeter defender. He's still a really good defender. The big key in this trade is the Brooklyn Nets got Seth Curry. The shooting that that brings to the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, my gosh. And then you get Andre Drummond, who can get, get to 20 rebounds a night if he want in any given night. You know, you, he, the, the Nets have been looking for a center since they got rid of Allen Fullharden, actually. This makes the Nets more better, especially if Kyrie can get the vaccine or New York can lift its mandate. If New York, I mean, they were on a 10-game, the Knicks, I mean, I'm sorry. The Brooklyn Nets are on a 10-game losing streak, but they finally won their game last night against the Sacramento Kings. So, I mean, look, once KD comes back and if Kyrie can somehow get the damn vaccine, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a scary team to watch for. They could jump right back in into the Eastern Conference title picture. That I don't know if it's going to be this season due to Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie Irving was on the floor, they'll go into the finals. 
The Philadelphia 76ers, I'm not saying they didn't get better. They did get better. However, I just think the Sixers made their opposing conference rival better. And that's going to and that's gonna hurt the Philadelphia 76ers if they made an opposing conference rival better, too. And I think the seventy and I think the Brooklyn Nets won this trade because simply they got really good players and you get two first round picks. <laughs> this is funny. How did the seventy sixes go from asking for first round picks into giving away first round picks? I don't know. That, that's just kind of funny to me. But overall, my opinion is the Brooklyn Nets won this trade and. It's gonna be a fun, it's gonna be a fun rest of the season. Also, weekend is this weekend in Cleveland, Ohio. The rising star rising stars game is this Friday night, Saturday night. You got the three point contest, you got the dunk contest, you've got the skills challenge, and then Sunday is the All Star game. I'm for one super excited for All Star weekend. We are in the precipice of basketball season. And we're going to have a lot more in future episodes to talk about on Jacoba Talk regarding the NBA season. With that being said, that's going to be the end of today's episode. If you guys watched the entire episode, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the love and support. If you guys haven't already, make sure to go follow the Instagram account, Jacoba Talk. Make sure to go to Spotify and follow the, uh, the podcast account and turn post notifications on. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for the love and support, and I will see you guys next episode. Take care.